Each Sunday night, I'd watch the practice with none of my friends. I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends. But I'm out of practice. With your host, Keith Varney. Deglio, way Rufio. back in most every night. My mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo. What could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. I realized I didn't look up what happens in the Burlington Free Press, so I'm going to do it on the fly. Oh, my goodness. This could go so bad. What if we spoil some late-breaking news from 21 years ago? Oh, no. And welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast, a weekly podcast in which me, I'm Keith Varney, I discuss David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice, with my old buddy, Mike and Deglio. This week, we are up to Season 8, Episode 14. There are only nine episodes of The Practice left for us to discuss. Mike, how's it going? Hey, it's going well. A long week. Uh, we back full week in the show, second to last week. Jen had a bunch of friends in from New York and Connecticut last night, so... Post-show, we went into Philadelphia, had a nice, beautiful meal, uh, worked hard, played hard, it was great, went to bed, got a hotel, even though I said, hey, I don't really drink, I'm happy to drive us home at 2 o'clock in the morning. Jen sure. said, no, we're getting a hotel, so we got a hotel, and Keith, at 3.45 a.m., the fire alarm went off. Oh, but it wasn't the fire alarm, it was an emergency alarm that had a... a uh, a voice that just said, there's been an emergency reported in the building. Please do not use this fire exit and do not use the elevator. So it was the first time I've ever had an emergency alarm tell me to stay put and burn to death. <laughs> oh, well, uh, that's that's not good. So we did. So it turns out uh, it went off for one full hour. Oh, my God. And at the conclusion of that hour, uh, a woman got on the, the horn and was just said, False alarm, you can go back to bed. And that was that. That was my night. That's then we kinda like and I didn't sleep. I, and I, I was got assuming up this you got a you got a free stay. We have not complained yet. I don't think the free stay is coming, but uh Are you kidding me? That's of yeah, course we, you're gonna get a free stay. What yeah. what's wrong with you? Yeah, I guess you get right. on that. Yeah, you're right. Um so that was the night. It uh it could have gone better. Uh but up to that, <laughs> that like up to that it. point, it was okay. But the good news is that we were able to get home, push our other plans for the day back because it's uh, that was a lot, and uh, get oops done today. So we can yeah. Uh, as a as a result, surprise, we're doing oops. I was I was about I, I, our loyal listeners are going to be so happy to hear this. Uh, I was about to hop on the treadmill before uh, you did this, so we we almost Absolutely had low cal yeah. Keith. We no. almost. Broke the time-space continuum with that. Oh, oh my God, we we're all rescued from that. But Mike, you know, you want to know what we're we're not rescued from? A little segment we call filings and subpoenas. 
And uh, so we have another rebuttal of our rebuttal, which I, I'm excited about because I, uh, it, while well, we were discussing, I opened day, up our email. Didn't we have yeah. didn't we have an old bumper that I had made uh, with my hot DJ skills that might be appropriate? Oh, oh! As we're uh, wrapping up the show, Keith, ten episodes to go or whatever, we gotta we gotta bring back in all the audio cues that have been lost to antiquity. That's true. Unfortunately, it might actually be lost to, in- to antiquity. But but hold on. What do I have? Do I have anything that's appropriate? Here. I might have it. Okay, yeah, that's good. Close enough. You know what? You created that one. We have our listeners conspiring against us, I think, because I haven't actually read the email. Because uh, once again, I went to uh, to check the email while we were talking and had to find it. It's all buried down there. Not marked. It marked as red. Marked as dismiss this. Pay no attention to this. So Phoenix Cage. If you if I ever miss an email, it's because Mark Mark because Mike has because dismissed you. Because Mike has dismissed yeah, it's my you fault. My fault. by marking you as red. Therefore, I don't have uh-huh. to look at it. Doesn't matter. Uh, it is only by the grace of my eyesight that I noticed that there was actually a relevant email in there, marked as red, dismissed as not important, Mark. Okay, so Phoenix says, welcome, Matt. Matt, we heard from last week. It's great to finally have another voice of dissent and from my father's homeland as well. Hope to hear more from you episode comment about uh the last week's episode going home detectives let alan shore into a crime scene despite the fact he said he knew the victim but what if he was the killer he could have been there intentionally to contaminate the crime scene by i don't know falling onto the victim yeah just like i said any evidence of him that they later found would be inadmissible And since he did know her and could be involved, shouldn't his firm, or at least he himself, be ineligible to act as counsel? It's not like he's the only lawyer in town. In fact, he's not even from that town. I feel like that's actually a... I I hate... It it pains me. It pains me deep in my soul to uh, agree with Phoenix. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, He continues i was with you guys in my enjoyment of the episode but some of those unrealistic plot points pull me out of it p.s i mike i second keith's suggestion of seeing butterfly effect i saw it in the theater because it's pretty dark i've only seen it once since yeah uh yeah it definitely has some dark pieces to it uh but uh i i find it very enjoyable and it it has a I could also of, spend like, $40 to go see Top Gun 2 in super stunning IMAX, 4K, 3D, 5D. There's a 5D thing now with heated seats and popcorn. I'd do that. Eh. Okay. I, y- Keith, you go to the theater. It's amazing. I don't ever go to the I theater. Do. Yeah. If only I had the COVID to prove it. Um. Keith, speaking of things we recorded, I went to see if yes. I could find the objection bumper, which was just... Uh-huh. Uh, uh, basically a sample of the Phoenix Wright video game series, which I told you about, where he goes, mm-hmm. OBJECTION! Uh, and I found this, it just as promo, I have no idea what it is, but this is a this is a, an episode of Flashback, so let's see. Oh, okay, let's find out. Play. It's pretty quiet. It's not playing. Stop. 
play. Wow, what a great segment. Anything? Oh, uh, you know what? I don't know if that's going to happen, but Mike, nope. we have another blast from the past that it's your turn for. I didn't do the sound cue right. It must be blank and we're going to fight because I fucked it up. No one's shocked. Wow. Wow. Okay. Well, I feel like... <laughs> I'm a pro. I should mention. <laughs> I don't think... I can't think of a better segue to start begging people for money to support us on our patreon oh keith wait i figured it out oh hold okay on. hold on that no amount of money is going to solve uh, us you know the 2020 election from, from is this. right around the corner and this election it, it, in america no nope. may turn out to be the most <laughs> not one bit if you're looking for a strategy uh, so if you would like uh, to uh, donate <laughs> us money to move forward you can uh Find all sorts of really fun bonus materials uh, from us at patreon.com slash K&M. Mike put the uh, the link up on the screen, but you can only see that if you're already in the and Patreon. Guys, and it's you a, are a it, is a, it is a graphic that seldom has been seen before. I mean, it, it, is, it is something of a beaut. But if you would care... Uh, you know we don't we don't do this video on the YouTube anymore, but here we are right now staring at you, available as a bonus feature on our Patreon. That is Patreon.com/slash K and M. We have bonus episodes, we have AMAs, we have watch Mike watch Star Trek. It's uh, it's really fun, and uh, you can join the fine fine people, including. Cloud Lover 69, Cloud Lover 69, Jorge Navoa, Alan Zimmerman, Brian Kaufman, and Casey Clark. Welcome to the team, Casey Clark. Keith, the video por- po- the video podcast version of Out of Practice Podcast was so wildly popular on YouTube that we were like, you know what we need to do? We got to m- take it off, put it on the Patreon, and make people mm-hmm. pay for it. That's how popular well, it was. I-, I think the thinking was... Uh, we couldn't pay people to watch it on YouTube for free, so maybe people will pay us to watch it yep. on another platform. We need those uh, real niche freaks. That's what we need. Yeah, yeah, that's boy. We are really we're we, we are uh, we're stuck deep in the niche, like a like a pretzel on the couch. That's sort of what we are. All right. So uh, anyway, if you would like to reach out to us in the normal fashion, you can get us at Out of Practice Podcast at gmail.com. That's how our friend Matt and our friend Phoenix have reached us. You can also find us on social media at Out of Practice Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. All right. We have so much to talk about this yeah. week. We need to move forward and uh, hop back into the time machine, which uh, this week looks like a, like a low-grade tour bus in a segment we call This Day in the Basement. So in this world, we have actually jumped 28 days into the future because this episode aired on February 22nd, 2004. I don't understand why they took a month off after it to be continued, but they did. Uh, but, uh, we did not take a month off. Mike, we shut our doors. We, uh, we kept going. So I just would like to, uh, we, uh, we have some video clips to show you. I found this, the DVD of our show. Uh, and I, I, we have to talk about the brute and motor in there's so much to talk about, but before we do that, I would just like to 
read this list of cities that we performed in in 28 days. So each of these new cities, we got in a bus, we traveled to it, we loaded the sets, we focused the lights, we loaded the costumes, we performed a full musical, then unloaded all of it, hopped back in the bus, and went to the next city. Uh, it should so, be made clear, we didn't do any of the loading or unloading. That There was a no. whole crew of professional people. That's I think right. Maybe, there might have been three to four of them, but they I, were I mean, at least. At least, yeah. So, uh, so in 28 days, we performed in Bruton, Alabama, Fort mm. Smith, Arkansas, Richardson, Texas, Waco, Texas, Conway, Arkansas, Bartlesville, Oklahoma, Terre Haute, Indiana, Jasper, Indiana, Marion, Indiana, Bradford, PA, Bayside, New York, Bradford, Ontario, North Bay, Ontario, and Rio Grande, Ohio. Now, Keith just named a lot of cities, and I would venture to say that three of those cities voted blue. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> a dark, a dark purple at best. But we, we started in Alabama, went all the way up to Ontario, and back down to Ohio in this time period. Uh, that it, was, it was quite a lot. So, um, I, Bruton, Alabama, the Bruton Motor Inn, uh, great story our 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 standards were pretty low let's let's just like set that out we were i was making the princely sum of $375 a week including per diem wow uh which is and keep oh, that lines i i w- was a 18 year old bellhop maybe not 18 14? 14 14 i'm 14 sir yeah wait till you hear that accent work um <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I I absolutely made more money than that. Yeah, like yeah, because I didn't <laughs> not <negotiate>. a lot. <laughs> because I negotiated for nothing. I didn't ask for my own seat. I didn't ask for any more money. I didn't ask. He for... paid them the princely sum of three. Pretty much paid them. Pretty much paid them. Anyway, so uh, low standards in the hotel, but uh, the Bruton Motor Inn is the only hotel I have ever been in, and I've been in many uh, that had the courtesy. Of uh of warming up the toilet before you got there. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So they they uh you know it it uh it had already been uh, it warmed up, but not necessarily flushed. So <laughs> that uh we uh we, we even our tour we're like eh, we're gonna go to a different place. Yeah. Um, but uh anyway, so if we if we hop forward in time a little bit. Uh, do you remember when we performed in Waco and the the deck was so narrow I do. that our bridge was only two sections as opposed to three sections? Yeah, we had to reblock it up and we put them downstage right. We put the other like uh, that was in a different place. Oh, okay. Waco. Uh, all right. So it's it's hard to sort of explain. So uh, at the end of the show, we the way we sink the ship, sink the ship. I put in quotation marks. We had a a bridge going across the back that was on sort of hydraulics, and so it would tilt as the ship was sinking, as John was singing the last song, and uh, and you know it, it wasn't able to like tilt crazy deep, you know, but it was it was a it was an effect. We did something. It was interesting, uh, but in Waco, and and the bridge was in was in three pieces, three like twelve foot pieces, whatever it was, 
And uh, in Waco, the deck was so narrow, we could only use two out of the three. But when you think about the physics, right? Get it on camera. So if you're going like this and you're tilting, hold on, which hand? This hand. And you're tilting this much, it's going to tilt this much. But if you only have two sections, all of a sudden it is like tilting to this crazy angle. And that was so much fun. That's how it should have been every night. What I remember about Waco is, so we, it, it, part of this was that generally before a show, some place in the town would have like a home cooked meal. And they had to feed us as part of the contract. Yeah. And, but, and sometimes it was like, oh, here's a, they'd pay us out. They'd give us cash. And sometimes we'd go to order like pizzas. this. We'd order pizzas. Or, but this time, uh, we were in Waco, which was a weird place because this was not far in the future from the David Koresh uh, Branch Davidian disaster. Right. I mean, that Probably was. Like, what, 10 years? <clears throat> less than a decade, years? yeah. And yeah. so that sort of mystique was still in the air. Mm-hmm. And we rolled into Waco, Texas, and it was freaking tumbleweeds. I mean, it was yeah. like nobody was inhabiting that city at the time. We Especially were there. the downtown where we were. Yeah, yeah, it was empty. And then before the show, they're like, oh, we're taking you guys to this dinner. And we're like, oh, thank goodness. Because usually we got a pretty good meal. But this time, they like funneled us into this like abandoned antique shop. Right? Yes. Remember that? Yeah. We went to this yep. like back room in this antique shop. I was like, oh my God, they're going to ceremoniously slaughter us here. <laughs> that was the vibe. Yeah. But it turns out it was like, some really, it was like a local PTA or something, and it wasn't a, a bad meal. I can't remember the meal much. I just remember the ambiance was very bizarre, no, and it was like it, crockpot beans or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I remember the food was was fine, but it it was like a it was like a, a Walmart that they'd abandoned, and then the front third of it they'd filled with antiques, and in the back they just set up some card tables for us yeah. to eat. It was weird. It was, oh, it was weird. so weird. It was weird. It was weird. Uh, but you know. With no further ado, let's get to the good stuff, uh, because uh, when we were in Bayside, New York, hold on, let me change scenes. Here we go. Uh, when I was, when we were in Bayside, New York, they filmed us. They actually pro shot our uh, our little skit with the purpose of selling our tour internationally, which is why we were gonna go to Japan or whatever, which we did not. Uh, but it did allow us to capture the show uh, with a pro shot video. Now, not in HD because that didn't exist anymore. But here, uh, if you're if you're on the the Patreon, you can watch this. But the rest of you, just listen with your ears because here we are in the opening, and you can see skinny wildly Keith. skinny me, like stupid skinny me. And there's Mike hey! the Bellhop. That's Harold, right? And uh, right, and Jason and Ricky and Deborah. Yep. Seven thousand heads of fresh lettuce, Titanic. Morning, Mr. Lightoller. That's me. Morning, Mr. Pittman. (laughs) Morning, Morning, Captain. Morning, Captain. Thirty-six thousand oranges. Now, Keith, notice the incredible a- character work morning, I'm doing Mr. behind you. Morning, Very excited, morning, all the exuberance morning, of a fourteen-year-old. Morning, morning, Captain. We have a big handshake coming up. We sure do. It's coming up. This is it. This is the, this is the beginnings of the Out of Practice podcast. It really is. Hi, Captain. We're gonna 
point of our podcast was the shitty things I'd write on that clipboard to try to crack you up right in this moment. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Here it is. Here's my glance over. That's you saying good morning to me. No, you'll notice. I'm not very loud here. Why is that, Mike? Turns out. Actually, I'm wearing a microphone for this opening number. It's the only time I got a mic, then I took it away. Oh, oh, see, now you're looking at my clipboard again. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can't. 122,000 The crazy thing about this, of course, is uh, this sounds glorious. Because uh, uh, you hear that, wow, that orchestra, that's really good for a non-equity tour. Uh, well, let me, here's a little secret that, that we did. Uh, that orchestra is actually the Polish Symphony Orchestra recorded in Poland and played on mini discs. So there are no live musicians for no, this show. No, but we at least it's not like we like MTI or the licensing company sent us the like sent us the tracks. They went over there and recorded them live and it was sure our did. music director. So it is it is catered to the production we were going to, but we were That's really true. locked into a musical direction because we the sure orchestra were. was recorded first. And but it, it sounded magnificent. Like, they did such a good job recording it. Yeah, Sounds I listen gorgeous. to that sometimes just to have because the tracks are so itself. good. Yeah. Well, uh, so I'm going to sprinkle in clips over the next couple of weeks, but I wanted to include here the end of the opening number because it has that moment that Mike likes so much, and that is uh, me all aboard, baby. Here it is. That's called Why we were in rainbow lights here? Look how bad those are. Just a oh, I. Next episode, because we're running long, I have like 45 minutes of complaining about the lights. All ashore who are going ashore. Sing your face off. All right. This is a moment where the problem with tracks, we had too much time I to fill here. The ship loaded and ready for so we had to say this as slowly as possible. This guy's faces absolutely insane. He's like Avery Brooks. Let go all lines. Let go the stern lines. Let go the bell lines. Let go aft springs. Let go aft springs. Watch the jowls continue through the second scene now. Oh, it sounded glorious. I mean, if we just released the album CD, it'd be great. They'd get a little kid and never Look at that, baby. Mike, you've got the mic. There it is. Oh, those wigs. I can actively Some community theater, some high school. Look at Dare. So there's the bridge if you're watching. That's the thing that tells you. Yes! It looks so bad! And then watch them screw up the fly here. This is a tape. Every night, this is screwed up. So the top one's supposed to go up to the top, but they put it below. They stopped the video. Is it a wonder we didn't didn't go international? (laughs) 
reason why they wouldn't have wanted to pay money to fly us to Japan. Location of somebody else running the fly. Yeah, local crew. I don't think they were local ones either, so it was like, you know. No, oh no, no. This was just like some guys. Somebody's on. So here it comes. It's finally coming up. There it is. Oh, there's our set. We didn't hear the part where you say, One Renault Town Motor. That wasn't Harold. me, that was Harold. You were thinking of. Last he call for boarding. Too, we, oh, I guess the top row, move, there's movement. The rest of us are in tableau for all these huge hits. Does make any sense? Anyway, great job, us. Oh, yeah, <laughs> way to go, us. There we go. Oh, I can't wait to hear more later. Oh, yeah, believe me, we have so much more where that came from. Uh, but uh, we'll spare you. We're, gonna, we're just going to, like, uh, trickle, we're going to waterboard you with clips from... Uh, from our production of Titanic. Uh, all right. Well, that was uh, quite the this day in the basement. Yeah. So for those of you who are just jumping into the Out of Practice podcast on this episode and working your way backwards for some reason, <laughs> believe Ooh. it or not, Keith, this is a show where we talk about David E. Kelly's The Practice. The what? Uh, at, at some point. <laughs> I mean, we do. Uh, but but not yet, because we have to talk about... It's time for the Out of Practice Podcasts This Day in the World. <laughs> the greatest hits, the biggest Do you movies, join our headlines from Vermont, yeah. essential <laughs> sports updates, and for some you work hard, reason, you make weather money in your life. Ago. You want to give it to us? Now back to Keith and Mike. Gas is $40 a gallon, so yeah. walk where you're going and give it to us. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need dessert. Give it to us. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, the uh, the cover of the Burlington Free Press, I didn't look it up. So, like, uh, Vermont, maple trees, Howard Dean, a cow ran over across Woo! the road. Woo! And, uh, but I did look this up. The uh, the top song was Slow Jams by Twista, featuring oh. Kanye and Jamie Foxx. Is that the right song? I like this. This is such a better version. Yeah, this is Midnight Star, a little family covering uh, 15,000 likes. And uh, wow. you can check them out at, at Celestial on the YouTube. Okay, the top movie was 50 First Dates in its second week of domination. Uh, tell me, how's Hawaii? I met this guy. It was the best week of my life. When I asked for his phone number... Uh, R.I.P. Mandy Moore, as uh, This Is Us has finally finished. Uh, hello, spoiler alert. Well, what the hell's wrong with you? Come there, on. People actually care about that show. It's not like ours. If anybody's watching This Is Us, then they already watched it. Because nobody's catching up on This Is Us. You you're don't in or you're know out. that? You, yeah, that, was, that, that might have been the worst thing you've ever done on this entire podcast. I don't think that's true. <laughs> and we've done some terrible things. <laughs> All right. Speaking of terrible things, it's time. It's time, time. It's time for sports. Balls. We missed the Super Bowl, but don't worry, we got you. We watched 
the Super Bowl from the Howard Johnsons in Conway, Arkansas after seven hours on the bus from Waco, Texas. It was a hell of a game until Adam Vinatieri kicked a game-clinching field goal four seconds remaining to give Tom Brady his second Super Bowl. The Pats beat Jake DeLome and the Carolina Panthers 32-29. I remember you were there watching with us. Yeah, yeah? I remember. I remember. That was a, a hell, great game. A hell of a kick. Hell of a kick, hell of a game. Uh, sadly, we didn't we didn't really know the hell of a hojos. The, the hell of a hojos. I you know look, I was always happy when it was a branded mm-hmm. hotel because there was at least like some sort of a standard of mediocrity that we could achieve. At least they'd uh, have a rug. They'd have a rug. You know, they'd have like you know running water in the appropriate places and not running water in inappropriate places. All right, folks. Mercifully. I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. And I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to talk about the damn episode. An episode I'm looking forward to, it turns out. I know. What? Right? So this episode is entitled Pre-Trial Blues. And it was written, of course, by David E. Kelly and directed by Christina Musry, who last directed The Lonely People. Which uh, leaves us with only one important thing to do. Uh, But, and I think now that you have enough context to actually do this correctly, it is time for a classic old school. What is that supposed to mean? What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? 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 Yeah, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? You know, Keith, I've I've thought about this. I've I've given it some good thought, and rather mm-hmm. than come up with an extravagant uh, plot device here, we've already got the the table set for a pretty pretty great plot. So we'll let the episode speak for itself. But I'm going to make a prediction about something that will happen. Okay. You know, we talked about how this is a great insight into Alan Shore's character a little bit, and we're getting to see some of his psychopathy because of the kind of, uh, not kind of, the pretty blatant grooming that took place up to potential, I mean, I guess we call it assault in some ways. Right. Uh, and how kind of delicately and nuanced that scene was, and, and I thought to myself, well, what would be the like most the practice way to bone that up? <laughs> and so my prediction oh, no. is... Just this simply, despite all of that, Alan is absolutely gonna bang his buddy's mom again. Mm. Yeah, I like it. I think that uh, no, I, I actually don't like that one bit. But no. uh, I, I certainly believe that as a uh, distinct possibility <laughs> based on what we've learned thus far. So, you know what it's time for, Mike? Does it mean Keith that we're jumping in? It is time to dive into pre-trial. Blues, uh, you ready for this, Mike? Let's. Uh, I don't. I don't think that I am actually. Uh, technologically Let's or physically. Size the video. <laughs> okay, now I feel good about it. There's Keith. Let's get Keith watching with us, everybody. Now, if you're a patron, you appreciate this. Uh, if you're not, then I'm just saying words too. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah, let's talk about <clears throat> the practice season eight. Episode 14, as Keith said, pre-trial blues. 
All I'm asking, without breaking the seal of any specific confession, is that you reveal to me generally whether any. I thought we were going out for beers, old friends. You know something. This is Taylor Nichols back as the because priest. I can read you. I could when I was ten. Tom, let's reiterate that they're old friends. That bears on this case. How about you let me be the judge of that? And if I knew anything, Alan, the information wouldn't be favorable to Paul. Uh oh. You said he, yourself. That's a bigger spoiler, no I guess, than the. This. this is us. I don't believe there is. Look. Also, is Kaiser Sosa is no. Brenda felt like he was becoming a serial criminal. It concerned her. She <laughs> talked about that. With a questionable there. limp. I've broken seal. Thank you very much. I hope you're happy. Now I need to go to confession. That's all? Yes. I don't believe you. Oh, for God. Come on, Tom. Don't insult me here. This girl ended up in some very unlikely places. You of all people know that. Meaning? Tom. Was she ever with you? What? You heard me. Were you and Brenda ever? Oh, you've got to be out of your mind. I am. Oh, boy. Were you ever out of yours with Brenda? It's a, uh, it's a Thornbird situation. That popcorn looks good, though. I could go for some popcorn, yeah. Whatever you share with me here, it stays confidential between two old friends. Whatever Rather I should turn up on my own, however, I will use. I'm not kidding. What if I threatened you like that, Mike? Well, I'm not a priest, so I probably wouldn't care too much. Fair enough. Two old friends having a beer. It stays between us. You have my word. It happened once. When? Two years ago. She was in my office in distress over, you know, who knows what affair she was having. She was describing it. She, she felt demeaned by the sexual nature of it. She was rather graphically describing the events. And God help me, I got aroused. You know, I'm not sure I was even aware of it. But evidently she was. So what I'm hearing, Keith, is that she yeah. was talking about sex. Mm -hmm. He got a boner that he didn't mm -hmm. know about. Right. But she knew about it. And she was like, I got to do that boner. And he was like, I think that I think that is exactly the uh, the scenario there. So I mean, in order for for her to notice it in uh, in in black, I mean he he must be. Uh, uh, or he might have been in one of those robes, and so it just sort of pitched a tent, and she was like, "Oh, well, well why is your, why's your robe saying, blossoming?" Like, I, if he's, uh, I I just say he 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 would uh, have to have an ample steeple 
in order for that to uh, be that noticeable. <laughs> what? That was worth it. That was good. That that's good. I I was I was trying to come up with some sort of a Jesus Christ superstar line or lyric that would kind of fit that moment, but then I realized <laughs> I'd just let you sit in the clear of he had an ample steeple and just let that sort of make you drink this cup of poison. Great. Uh, I don't know how to love him. Oh wait, is that a boner? <laughs> Oh, and she propositioned. Oh Would you like to pay for this content? You can, <laughs> you can find us at patreon.com slash I'm stunned. I'm jealous. I am a good priest. <coughs> this stays between us, Alan. It has nothing to do with this case. Well. All right, folks. Well... Much like our own podcast, the, uh, the I don't I don't have it. The, the priest, well, the priest is potentially. Well, all it means is that there are other people who are potential suspects, right? There are other suspects, right? And I think that uh, it certainly is an interesting twist to keep adding suspects in this scenario because we're we certainly started believing that uh, Dempsey did it, but now we're starting to uh, chip away. But they sort of use that as a red herring a little bit because he had just said he kind of knows some stuff that wouldn't be favorable to the buddy. But then we yeah, kind of and I'm got not away sure how that is not favorable to the buddy. I, I thought I was meeting with a witness. You are. Mr. Glazer will be in later. You're to drive him to Dedham, interview people. Has anybody seen Tar? She's out with a client. She'll be out all day. I need a typist today, Alan. I'm sure Jimmy can type. What'd you say? Tara works for the firm, Alan, not just you. Forgive me, but since I just brought in $750,000 on top of the $2 million before that, on top of the $3 million before that... We I all can... have caseloads here. I've seen your caseload, Jimmy. And trust me, Tar can't keep up with an ambulance. You know what? Hey. I have an important trial starting next week. Keep that man away from me. Hello? Catherine, this way, please. Thank you wow, for being fancy suits. Man. I never guessed you worked in such a grapple. This way. My, aren't you black? Hold on. She's a prosecution witness. Why is she here? Because I care, sweetheart. <clears throat> yep. Come on, Kath. <clears throat> Man, that would have made for an awkward bumper back if we were podcasting <laughs> back in the day. That, that, I think it would have been coming in. I'm not giving back any of the money. I don't want to hear anything about money or any transaction, Catherine. This is Jamie Stringer, my associate. Hello, dear. Hi. I want you to go over your testimony with Jamie. Every single... That wasn't part of the deal. There what is deal? no deal, Catherine. You are a potential witness in the trial. You'll likely be called to give testimony. We need to know exactly what the testimony will be. I'd like you to sit with Jamie and I'm sorry. I'm afraid that's not possible. Why not? No offense, sweetheart. I'm sure you're darling. But your mouth looks like a drive through window for oral sex. <laughs> I'm a Christian woman. Get me another lawyer. That that did make me laugh. What the hell is this? She's nuts. But we need her. If there was What's only the one person in the world who is cancel proof, Keith, it might have been Betty White. It's true. It got rather ugly. Alan. Get her testimony, then meet with the jury consultant and 
get to that. But again, like, it's a crazy person and presented as a crazy person, which is a very different thing than, like, your hero. And according to Father Dugan, Brenda believed that you were becoming emotionally involved. Is that true? I don't know. Paul, look at me. Next week, we defend you on murder charges. I need to ask you personal questions, perhaps uncomfortable ones, and you need to answer them. Were you in love with Brenda Wilbur? I believe I was falling in love, yes. And this did she is how long feelings towards you? Grey's Anatomy has she been playing. She that she was only interested in sex. He started Grey's Anatomy the year after this episode aired. Is that for true? Yeah. Ellen just called. He's on his way. He wants you to meet him at the courthouse. Excuse me while I finish this interview with this hot lawyer. Are you in love with her? I'm sorry. Your wife, are you in love with her? Of course I am. Paul, I keep sensing that you are looking to present yourself in the best possible light, and that helps neither me nor you. in love with your wife no is she with you no hard no we share the same commitment to our children we like the same movies same books we're two wonderfully compatible people actually Just perfect couple romantically dead Mr. Shore is free to review our autopsy report. There's no I need want for... to conduct my own. Why? First, because Ed Asner it's is back as the judge. It's indecent to the victim to be dissected and probed again. The victim is dead. And I'm I sure think it's time. I know that lawyer from somewhere. Uh, all the people we see this week, we saw last week, but I saved a couple introductions for this very moment, including our lawyer that we are going against. The DA Harvey Clark is played by Rick Hoffman. Who uh, you might not know exactly who he is, but you have seen him in stuff. Uh, but if you are a fan of Suits, he did 134 episodes of Suits. You could also see him on Billions, Jake in Progress, and uh, if, are you a horror fan? He had a very memorable uh, arc in Hostel. Ooh. Mr. Shore, we don't make fun of the dead in this courthouse. I can see why there's so much sport to be had with the living. Look, Your Honor. The defense is entitled to conduct its own autopsy. I'm not looking for a favor. I'm exercising a right. Mr. Clark, let his people examine the body. What else we got? That's it, Your Honor. Chambers. Okay. Let's cut to it. We... What are you doing here? This is just for lawyers. Mr. Shore is acting as my agent, I therefore. This meeting is for counsel only. Oopsie winner. Either show me your bar card or get the hell out of here. It's not nice to remove people, Marcus. 
What's the expression? What goes around comes around? Victoria, you may run this town, but you don't run my courtroom. Either get out or I'll have you thrown in a jail cell. I could be wrong, but I think he wants you to leave. Just the seasoning, as we said, Keith. We love it. See? Ed Asner's a that good woman choice needs for this. to get laid. Okay, sit. What does Mike think's gonna happen? I spent all day yesterday poring over this case. Mr. Clark, it's all circumstantial. Mr. Shore, it's clear as hell that your guy did it. I say, go voluntary manslaughter, eight years. The media can go screw themselves. All in favor? You must be joking. Hey, Al. You haven't lived here in a long time. Why don't you go to a reunion or two? Hang out. Go shoot a few games of pool down at the pub. You know what the buzz is here in your jury pool? He's guilty. You know what, guys? I'd like to move for a change of venue. Too late. All motions were to be it's filed. It's never too late. By the way, if that's a buzz you're hearing around the checkerboard down at the barber shop, you have a duty to remove this to another venue. I like to think my ability to run a fair trial can overcome any potential jury bias. If I were I'm you... I'm confident. I'd plead. You're not. I won't. I hope counsel is looking at the evidence objectively. I never do that, Your Honor. Do you? <laughs> Damn. Get out. I want to talk to Mr. Clark. That would be ex parte. We don't talk Latin here in Dedham. Get the hell out of here. Perhaps I could interpret for you. I have the right to be present at any meeting. I want to talk fishing, and I don't want you learning my favorite holes. Out! So the last episode, did we learn that he's sort of uh, plays between the lines, this judge? Well, we learned that he doesn't like Alan. He, we've learned that he doesn't like the media, and we learned that he's... I'm in denim. So... Yeah, and I mean, her presence there, the, <clears throat> the mom, sort of does indicate that she believed she could buy him off, so he must have a history of at least being well, considered I, in those conversations, perhaps. Po possibly. Well, I mean, I guess, you know, that could say something about him, or that could say something about her, that she's confident that she can buy anybody off. Yeah, okay. Fair. You know what else, You know what she could buy us off? At uh, patreon.com slash K-and-M. Spell out that M, Jill. And uh, throw some zeros on there. You got it. Yeah. You can always go tier above. You know what I mean? Yeah. You'd better add manslaughter to your pleadings. Manslaughter. You can watch Mike watch he Deep took Space Nine. to her head. How many times. zeros determines how much clothes Mike wears while he does it? This short character is smart. He might very well get up there and say, "Whoever did this must have been acting in the heat of passion." If the jury doesn't have manslaughter to fall back on, they might have no choice but to acquit. Judge, Paul Stewart is well-liked. 
If they do have manslaughter to fall back on, they might do so just out of sympathy. Your case is circumstantial, Harvey. This sure is a shrewd SOB. And you'd be smart to keep all your options open. This is a manslaughter. So the judge does seem intent on getting yeah. a conviction of some sort. He actually said that. I need to get laid. I'm keeping track of everything he says in case we should need it for appeal. And is that why you're here? Because you agree? I'm sorry? that I need to get laid. No, that's not why I'm here. Pity. I would think your son being on trial for murder might put a slight chill in your libido. Crisis might lower sex drive, but it also intensifies loneliness. Ah, the passive aggressive, come on. Much better. Mm -hmm. The reason I'm here I've made a mistake. It seems I should have moved for a change of venue after all. I thought Paul's popularity within the town would work in our favor. Where I miscalculated was with the profound contempt the people of Dedham seem to have for you. I know this is difficult to hear, and I'm sure much of it has to do with you. You're a rich, powerful woman who young boys want to sleep with. But I need to distance you from the defense team. You need to be in the background. Far, far in the background. I want you sitting in the back of the courtroom. You can't be entering and leaving with us. I can't have the jury looking at Paul and getting so much as a glimpse of you. Hey. You're a wonderful woman. And I like being the only one who knows it. Well. It's a good scene, and he did that very compassionately oh, and yet clearly. You're just getting back? It's 10 o'clock. Yes. What are you guys still doing here? I have my motion to compel tomorrow, remember? You're going to help me with that research? Well, I'm sorry, Jimmy, but I've been huffing it all over Dedham with a jury consultant interviewing... You see? All right, let's just... It's not all right. The guy is monopolizing associates like he's a partner, which he isn't, and I am. Jimmy, he's about to start a new trial. We all have trials, Eleanor. I'm sick of this, and I'm also sick of you making excuses for the guy. Fair. Good day at the office. How's it going? Our expert jury consultant has deep concerns. Yeah, well, if anyone can pull it out, Alan's the guy. Eleanor. Never mind. What? I think he paid off an old lady. Oh, just that? I think I got a peek at how Alan pulls things out. 
What do you mean? Come on, Eleanor. She's too smart to Jamie, play dumb like that. Finish what you started to say. Well, I think... He already committed fraud and, for and me. And I can't be sure, but I think... Catherine Piper, that wacky prosecution witness that was in this morning, I think she's being paid to modify her testimony. I beg your pardon? There was all this cryptic talk about a transaction or a deal, and Alan tried to shut the conversation down, like he didn't want me to hear it. And again, I can't be positive, but I think this fruitcake is being paid off. Way to piece it together as if it weren't We've wildly obvious. We've had this obvious. discussion I don't already. Care. When I don't shut up, Paul. Where are the you, kids? With my mother, where I will... I really kind of wish that... I know it's not, it is what it is, right? But I sort of wish that Eleanor's performance was more like Eleanor realizing that she's been stupid in supporting this instead of like, that he did it again, that shot on my bitch. You know what I mean? Like... Well, I mean, at this point, she'd have to be pretty stupid to not to not have it be obvious. I mean, she, no. I mean, well, obviously, committed... Eleanor knows. I'm talking. I'm talking about. Oh, um, oh, Jamie. No, 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 Jamie. I like her performance because she is just kind of piecing it together. For Eleanor, it's like I want her to be. Her anger isn't on the surface. That performance is because Cameron has to play it. Her only choice is to play it like, ah, oh, this he's son of a bitch still doing it like. When she should just, I don't know. It, I well, just feel I mean, like it's 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 belabored, but I think she's well. Here's here's here would be my argument to fix it. I think she's performing. Eleanor is performing for Jamie to not let Jamie know how much Eleanor knows about how criminal his behavior is. Because remember when he like full on extorted the company yeah, for like seven I million do. dollars in front of her. And and he also like paid off. He impersonated somebody for Jamie. Like both of them are the beneficiaries of his right of his criminality. But I don't think either one of them want to admit to the other one. Uh, how much okay, they know. I can see that they're both kind of performing here. I I think yeah, there's a okay. possibility of it. All right, you close that wormhole. Shortly, unless you'd like dumb. to run off after yours. <laughs> Listen, this doesn't concern you. If you leave now, you'll be indicting him with the jury pool. I don't care. What is going on? What suddenly changed in the last few hours? What's changed, Paul, is you loved her. She wasn't just some. Oh, she eavesdropping. Loved her. And I can't wake up in this house with you. And I can't even pretend to be on your side. Oh, where's all this hurt coming from? It's not like you love me. What is this about? I won't be your damn trial prop. I won't walk into court as the loyal wife. Good luck. Goodbye. And as she exits, let's introduce Colleen Flynn as Wendy Stewart from Judging Amy, the Flipper TV show, and has an Emmy nomination for ER in 1995. And we're back at the, uh, at the church. Maybe we'll see some steeple. I actually like it because, um, good Lord, you know, Alan, you the practice has always made it a very good point to explain why it's important for the defense for that wife or that spouse to stay by their side. And we've had some little wrinkles in it, like, oh, the spouse is guilty, or it's been a plot all along. They're working together. We're going to plan B, the spouse. <clears throat> yeah, we've had, some, we've had some wrinkles. But by and large, they've always sort of gone along with it, right? <laughs> they've, they've played their part. 
I like that finally we're seeing a woman say, hey, you can't. I don't have to do this. I don't, like, my wedding vows didn't say, we'll play a prop for your murder trial. I'm out. <laughs> I like that. To have, to hold, to play a prop in your murder trial. You care me. What the hell are you doing sitting there like that? Tom, what we talked about as friends over drinks, you and Brenda. Yeah, I remember. I'd like your permission to use it. What? Use it how? It doesn't bear directly on this case. You gave me your word that you wouldn't. And I'll stick to my word. I won't do anything without your permission. But please, hear me out. The way Brenda propositioned you, it is extremely relevant to establish her sexual aggressiveness. The idea that she could have brought somebody home, perhaps a stranger even, who then killed her, that's a real possibility. One I need to be able to convince a jury of. The fact that she came on to a priest no. is... Tom. No. No. It would destroy me. My parish. No. Not to mention it's completely extraneous. You just... You look desperate for God's sake. I'm afraid I'm feeling a little desperate. I'll honor my word. I won't reveal your secret unless you allow me to. But please, please, think about it. I've been subpoenaed. By the prosecution. Well, come out anyway, possibly. Why? He came here the night of the murder. Paul? Oh, shit. Yeah, he said that he needed to confess. And he panicked. I, I think because he heard other people. He, he fled before he went into the confessional. Why did you not tell me this? Because I felt it was private between a parishioner and his priest. So why are you telling me now? Because I already told them. Because someone on the cleaning crew Evidently overheard it and reported it to the police. Because otherwise, how would they know? It's not private anymore. Keith, next time you commit murder and go to confess, I make went sure to confess the janitor's not cleaning. I seen a dead body. Mm. I didn't call the cops or... Go to the dirty church. <laughs> Plus the affair. I was in shock and crisis. I needed to speak with my priest. I didn't go to confess murder. I understand, but this doesn't look good, Paul. You're seen leaving the I victim's house, then seen minutes later, rushing to a priest ostensibly to confess. They have no witnesses to my leaving the house. You hope. Where's Wendy now? She's still at her mother's. You have to get her back. She's not coming. Keep trying. I want her in the courtroom. I'm going back to the office to meet with a jury consultant. Wadir starts after lunch. I want you there nice for that. Kitchen. Keith, I feel okay. like that we could be we could be jury consultants. Okay. Yeah, I think we've. I don't know. We've learned to not, at least TV jury consultants. Yeah. We could be TV a lot of things. I'll stay with him. Except for like on TV, because you know, 
This. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another scintillating episode of So You Want to Be on That Jury? Where Keith and Mike interview potential jurors in murder trials. And then, once the trial, the during voir dire, when they find out they've been on this podcast, they're excluded from the jury and no longer potential. Uh, so they basically, pretty boring. Uh, just Would us talking you, to regular uh... people. Would you like to have something be exciting and maybe that bedroom kind of way, but have it uh, be a slightly different hue than be tintillated by Mike and Keith? <laughs> you son of a bitch. You ignored <laughs> everything I said just so you could get in your zing. Huh? All right. You son of a have bitch. Have you heard the podcast before, Mike? <laughs> Would you like to pay for this brutal friendship to continue? <laughs> you can do so at... Patreon.com slash K and M. Spell out that A and D. And while you're at it, write Keith some hate mail. Would you like to force these people to keep talking to each other? <laughs> Despite an obvious disdain for one another. Your public face has to remain stoic. Photographers will be snapping pictures. Any likeness of you in the newspaper must be that. A really of an scintillating conversation. <laughs> Thank God Tara's wearing her. Oh, I thought it was a leather jacket. To talk to her. I'll try to get her back. Get her. So Keith, was what our was our was what our uh, new uh, friend who wrote us the other week uh, getting Matt. at is that yeah Matt that Eugene is pissed because Alan's bringing all the money into the firm and he feels a little emasculated. Is that what he was was getting at? I'd have to read it again. I mean, I know that you like. He, he sounded. He made it sound a little more sexy, like he was sad because Alan was getting all the chicks. But I haven't yet to see it that way. I, I don't think you were listening to what he wrote. Hold on. That's Let me possible. Because <laughs> I, I, you know, I think we're, he's mainly talking about something we're going to be seeing. Uh, well, so we should revisit yeah. once okay. we, uh, once we see right. it. If, if, if indeed I was putting words in your mouth, Matt, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to go to confession, but I have to wait for the janitor to leave. <laughs> She's dead, Tara. I can't talk about that in public, can I? I can't let the potential jury pool see how much I loved her. I can't let people see me grieve because... I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I just... It's okay. No, I don't, I don't mean to. I apologize. Oh. Mm. Somebody you love has died. You're allowed to grieve. Or he's a very good actor. Like, real good. <laughs> or both, I guess. I don't know. Grey's Anatomy should sweep, sweep him up. An older black woman. He's going to need That's a really cute ideal nickname. Juror. Somebody mm. with life experience. Somebody who understands that infidelity doesn't mean murder. And if there's any minority at all, grab him or her. Minorities are your best chance for a hung jury. I can show you the statistics. Never mind what I want. Tell me this what we This jury consultant is played by Mark Van from Payback, U.S. Marshal, Spider-Man 3, CSI, who never went and to lost. college. Blue-collar men vote to convict 98% of the time. Great. It's worse. Blue-collar statistically resent rich. They resent doctors. And here's one you'll like. They resent rich men with mistresses. We're defending a triple crown winner. You need to pray that there's at least one black woman in that pool. I have a series of litmus questions for you, but basically, you want black female. 
black female, black female. Am I being too subtle? George Bush is a great man. Because? Because he's president of the United States. You don't get to be president without a measure of greatness. Bill Clinton. What about Bill Clinton, sir? He's okay. Okay? What happened to you don't get to be president without a measure of greatness? Mr. Clinton is brilliant. He's an excellent politician. But he committed infidelity. I can't respect any person who does that. Your Honor, I move that this juror be excused for cause. Objection. I'm not removing him. Your Honor, my client was unfaithful to his wife. Clearly... I'm not removing every juror who can't respect infidelity. We'd have nobody left. We Defense exercises one of its peremptory challenges. Thank you, sir. You are excused. What? Sir, please leave the room now. Fine. Or as I go, infidelity should be a crime. Put him in jail. I hear you. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. That was a and black female. Yep. The only black <clears throat> female in the room. In a ridiculous scene, but they had to find some way to. What is up with you? Tell what that yes, I do. Well, I came to watch you in voir dire. See how you relate to the jurors. You aren't allowed in there. You're a witness, Catherine. Oh, that's right. It, that must be why I'm here. I'm a witness. <laughs> I need another $50,000. Oh, actually, that's a lie. I don't need it. I just want it. First, if it's for all the elective surgeries, you do need it. And second, 50000 won't nearly get the job done. The answer is no. I want the check by tomorrow. Tell Victoria I feel an attack of conscience coming on. Your conscience? That's a pinprick. Alan. Catherine. Alan. Catherine. This give and take is a little like tennis, isn't it? You know, the game with the racket and the balls. Actually, I've got your balls, haven't I, dear? And if you so don't glad want me making a racket, they've let her loose again. You'll tell Victoria to get me that extra fifty by tomorrow. You know, I, I have to say that to put to put we this in context a little bit, right? The saucy Betty White, who says outrageous things was new at this point mm -hmm. right so after this she did hot in cleveland she did hosted snl she did a lot of things that this became her bed in her, her her bread and butter the last 10 or 15 years but back then in 2004 we'd never see you know betty white had only done this sort of a strident character once before in david e kelly's lake placid mm. so i i would argue that this salty Betty White is a flavor that David E. Kelly introduced to the world and gave her the fifth act in her career. And so it's playing against type, which is uh, compelling, especially in a case like this, and juxtapose that with Alan Shore, who's always the one doing the embezzling, and right. he always seems to be masterminding or puppeteering the whole scenario, Here's the first time in 14 episodes that where we since we've met him where he's getting played and where he's yeah. under someone's thumb and can't really 
control them. And it's such, no, and- a, it's such a great look because it's nice to see Alan, because the thing we talked about, it's not a problem, but the, the flavor we've seen of Alan is that he's always nonplussed because there's never any stakes for him. He's completely right. above yep. it. And it's sort of, sort of very laissez-faire. But here, he's trying to save his friend. He can't get a jury that he likes. He can't pay any, he, he's, he's not trying to pay somebody off. He's being extorted to pay someone off. And the people he wanted to pay off, he can't. And the one witness he tried to break, his buddy, the priest, didn't give him any information, but information got leaked to the opposite side. So it's, it's right. all the And the, the wife won't come there. It's, we're we're watching Alan get his ass kicked, yeah, and and watch him as smoothly as he possibly can try to hide his vulnerability, but it's leaking out a little bit, and that's it's. I think you're right. I think it's a great development for his character. Quickly, frankly, because it was a simple investigation. The guy was caught. He was seen leaving the house. This is Michael Riley Burke, as the original the detective. House. The question I'd ask is why did the defense agree to a quick trial? And I suspect the answer is because they're trying to trade on the doctor's reputation before it's shot. Hello, detective. Nice to see you talking to a reporter commenting on the evidence. Be sure to get that spelling right. It's M-C, capital C, A-R-L-E-Y. Excuse us. See, Kev, the idea from your side is not to give defense any grounds for appeal, talking to the press, contaminating jury pools, that kind of thing. State of mind is no excuse, by the way. You can't plead stupidity. Thoughts? The reason this is being tried here in Dedham is because you didn't move it when you had the chance. You didn't want to move it because you wanted to come back here and put on a big show in your hometown, and now it's backfiring. You're not even a criminal attorney. Your specialty is antitrust. Oh, you're here to help out your friend, aren't you? You're a fraud. You know, surprisingly, we've been quiet a lot, Keith. This is a good yeah. episode. Great follow-up. Norfolk County is a little rigid. You can't change venue? Apparently not. And some of our witnesses make us uneasy. Which witnesses? Catherine Piper? Let's the do this. paid off? In cheesecake. Alan? Can we see you a second? Is this it? Is this where Alan gets the boot key? Wait, he can't. He doesn't get booted, does he? We've had too many opportunities. Jamie evidently heard an exchange between you and Catherine Piper, which led her to conclude that this witness may have been bought. Do you know anything about that? And why would Jamie think that? You'd have to ask Jamie, Eugene. I did. She heard the witness talking about a deal, a transaction, and then she heard you shut the discussion down. What's going on, Alan? And don't lie to us. It appears that my client's mother may have bribed Miss Piper. I wasn't present for it, and I don't know. I don't want to know. That's why I instructed Miss Piper to tell me nothing about whatever deal they may have entered into. Well, it seems like you have enough to go to the judge. I don't, and I won't. You won't? Look, listen to me, Alan. I'll take a pass on that. Thank you. 
I've done nothing but listen to you since I walked through the door. And frankly, Eugene, I'm tired of listening to you. You're not that interesting. Let's make a little deal. Until this trial is over, I'll keep completely out of your way. You stay the hell out of mine. You don't work for us. He's gone. Thank you. Eugene, obviously he's feeling a lot of stress. This is one of his oldest friends on trial here. Eleanor, when this trial is over, that man is gone. Yeah. Yes. Okay. But we'll keep the money. Yeah, right? Only should have happened like 10 episodes. I'm not good with dead bodies, Alan. Just see what the problem is. What about Tara? Tara loves dead bodies. It's worrisome. I'm serious. Death makes me nauseous. Gene, it so tickles the rest of us. Tara's busy interviewing witnesses. I need to go see Paul is on the verge of Wait, wasn't there another vomiting lawyer? So please. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Last season. Well, she didn't say she's going to puke. Hello. Well, nauseous. Where is he? Oh, fair enough. In his treehouse. Believe that. His treehouse? The one that he and I... It's still standing. You oh, two swung boy. a pretty good hammer back then. Keep the cliche train has just arrived. Mm. They're going to go hang out in the treehouse? No. I hate these scenes. George oh, it's Scott, my old yes. baseball mitt. Dust it on our password. Enter. I can't believe this thing is still standing. It's been renamed. Home for bad husbands. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times after fights with Wendy I come up here to sit. Remember all our secret compartments to hide the beer, cigarettes, and pot? Well, I found some of the old pot a few years ago, by the way. Smoke it? Three left? What's going on? I don't know if I can make it, Alan. This is You'll make it. Tara tell you how much I miss her? Brenda? No, she didn't. I have so much to be humiliated about, but being ridiculously in love with someone who didn't love me back. That's always a good one. This is I pretty good this. fake natural light. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Case is circumstantial. They don't have a murder weapon. Name. I don't know. I'll make a deal. Give me an acquittal. I'll get you back here after and I'll bring the beer. Bring a lot. The DA wants to meet with me. I think he plans to offer murder, too. I assume you wouldn't want to accept that. This feels like a test. It isn't. I won't accept murder, too. Manslaughter? So that's an interesting scene. I like that scene, but I ha I, I have a, a stupid question. Okay. Right. Let's. So I, I'm just thinking through the treehouse, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I mean, you know, forget it's still standing after whatever. Like, and all the stuff is still in it. All the storms, all the stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's pretend all that's still still what it is. Uh, and and he said he goes here when he fights with his wife. So I I believe my understanding is this treehouse exists on his mother's property. Because otherwise, you know, wouldn't be the house he has with his wife when he was a kid. He built it. So when he has a fight with his wife, he goes to his mother's house and sits in a treehouse. Yes, and smokes pot. Okay. All right. I just, just, wanted, just wanted to clarify that he gets in the car, drives to his mother's house, climbs a tree. All right. Okay. Very good. Very good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You don't? I go into the basement and drink, but, you know, it seems <laughs> normal. Pizza scrap came all the way from New Haven. What exactly is the problem? Oh, you see exactly the problem. <laughs> Look, I don't actually have to see the body, okay? You can just tell me. Words don't tell story. You need to see. What? I have been working on this This day with in the future. basement where I'm drinking because <laughs> I fought with my wife. <laughs> Report says... I'm working on my German accent woman. for no reason Beaten in this to scene. Death, Vitama. Not beaten, not attractive, not woman. What but apparently hell? very happy about it. Wait, what's the actor's name? We gotta get him. Is he credited? Uh, this, the actor with Ladies and gentlemen, is, his, is he German? German? Let's play a new game on the Out of Practice podcast called Dun 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 Dun. Is he German? It's time is, to figure it out. Is he German? But I don't <laughs> know. He certainly has a very good Hans and Franz accent. I don't know. It seems <laughs> real. His name is Jim Shanklin. Mm. I look him up now. We see if he's really German. <laughs> uh. His name is Heinrich Schmidt. The character's <laughs> name is Dr. Heinrich Schmidt. I work hard. He's from Baltimore, Maryland, where everyone <laughs> talks like this. Oh, I want some crab. Oh, yummy. How's that cough button this working? This is not Brenda <laughs> Bill. You destroyed her? Evidently, she was mistakenly ID'd as a transient. And our normal procedure post-autopsy... Look, we screwed up. You think? Technically, you need to file a motion to preserve the remains. You didn't do that. It's evidence. I hardly need file He is an MFA from the Yale School Don't of Drama, evidence. and that's our what his German accent sounds so like. So even if we Hold had... on. I need... That's how it went. They are like, yo, we need somebody. We need someone for this German doctor very quick. And they were like, you know what? You don't have to do an accent. He's like, oh, I went to Yale. Oh, I went to Yale. So I'm prepared for my German accent. Oh, oh there's the a dead body. Question, oh. However delicate. Did he take the body home with him to, you know? Guys, you know, how many years have we been doing this podcast? And we're only now getting Keith's German character because, <laughs> <clears throat> man, the treats we could have had. <laughs> Better late than never, buddy. I'm like an onion. I keep unraveling. Uh, you know what? If only we had made it to season nine. Hey, bite me, Kevin. I've had it with his ass. He's enjoying this. He's been smug since the fifth grade, and I'm sick of it. All right. I'd like to respond to that. First, yes, I am enjoying it. I can't wait to tell the jury you accidentally destroyed the corpse. Second, I believe I was quite humble your third year of fifth grade. You know what? Just be quiet. Look, as I said, you'll get the relevant tissues and fluids, plus the reports. You won't be prejudiced. Now, can we also, discuss like, a plea? What there isn't going mean? to be a plea. You make a mistake. Gone. You have a little booger. Alan, Funny. you can't really want to try this case. Oh, but I can. 
Well, it's been two episodes. Excuse I sort of me. need to at this Hello. point. Hello. I'll be right there. There's a sale. Well, no flip phone. Oh. I did tell the police. They think I got the wrong house or something. How old was the woman? I couldn't really tell. She was all bundled up. You sure she came out of Brenda Wilbur's house? 90% sure was her house, yeah. At 7 o'clock? Around then. Could you see her face at all? No, no, she was all bundled up and stuff. The reason I remember is there was no car out front, which made me think she was, like, going for a walk or something, which was strange, because it was colder than a witch's... I'm sorry. That's right. I'm actually not a witch. Excuse us. Look, get the best description you can, clothes, everything, then get over to be with Paul. I'm worried about him being alone. I'd go myself, but according to our jury consultant, we have another emergency. What? You. Me. I interviewed people so from the jury. That's poll. actually you? important. So there was a witness saying there was a woman leaving her the victim's house at seven o'clock, all bundled up, didn't have a car, so we all know what that's implying. We all What's know that who that's. Well, I mean, uh, <clears throat> who do we know that isn't walking distance from the house? Who uh, has an interest in all of this? Who Went would be all like bundled lead. up? We couldn't tell how old she was. Too urban. Too slick. Too smart. And who's too, too angry smart. to stay with the? Uh... This is a blue-collar, uneducated, overweight lunch bucket town. You're a smooth Harvard-type sophisticate, and they don't like you. You need to find a Joe Schmo fat Catholic and put him at your table. <laughs> what did you just <laughs> say course. to me? I asked you to be part of my team, Jimmy. What's going on? Nothing's going on. I need you. He's setting me up for something. No, I'm not. Look, you can't have him. You've already got Jamie. And... I'll return Jamie. I need Jimmy. Really? So I'm going to ask the same question he did. What's going on? What's going on is I think Jimmy could be an asset. Look, put it on the table or you don't get him. Dedham is very blue collar. The jury consultant thinks I will alienate the jury because I'm well dressed and look like I read. And well, Jimmy doesn't. That's it! Hey, get off him! Hey! Alan, <laughs> back! Jimmy, we have punches thrown at the office wrong again, with you? but this time, this place? I actually kind of feel like it's earned. You all got a great- Except they should have given Jimmy this first shot. Like, they had basically Bataluco take a Pratt fall on a desk and get his ass handed to him directly. Yeah, that he, he should have, like, at least bloodied his nose. But cause if you remember from, uh, was it season two or season three, where we had, uh, we had Lindsay climb a table and attack Eleanor and, uh, then we had Eleanor try to punch Lucy. None of it was earned. None of it made any sense. This, actually, because of the way Alan has been treating Jimmy the entire season, they've been dropping breadcrumbs. I'm like, yeah, I could totally see these guys, you know, getting Great in a Great lengths to establish a team philosophy that will all jump in together when need be. I need him. I need so you. maybe don't treat him like garbage for no reason. You want to build yourself as Jimmy the Grunt season. for your own personal gain. Well, I need you to sit your fat ass at my table and send that same message again. Not for me, not for you, for the client. The client. Who happens to be innocent. 
Starting to show some cracks there, uh, Alan. But here's the thing. Here's the thing with with the Jimmy thing, right? Like I, you know, I love seeing Alan show some vulnerability. He lost his shit a little bit, which is great. But his antagonism towards Jimmy for no reason might be one of the least likable parts about him. Because if you're just horrible to somebody for no reason, you're just a bully for no reason. Well, it, yeah. I mean, I don't. I would say that that's not for no reason. There's probably a reason, like the grooming thing. We just haven't has been introduced, or it won't be introduced. Uh, but I think that is something we're learning about Alan. He is a bully. Oh yeah. I mean, straight up. He's just like mean for no reason. Now those chickens are coming home. So, how can I help you? Interestingly, they are German chickens. Well. I come to you with a very heavy heart. I've been to my pastor, but I'm afraid I can only... She's talking to the DA here. May I sit? Sure. There's no easy way to say this. I saw Paul Stewart leave Brenda Wilbur's house around 10.30 the night of the murder. Oh, shit. Excuse me. Did you say 10.30? Paul's mother paid me $600,000 not to come forward. I'm ashamed to say I accepted, but my conscience just won't allow me to go down this path. I simply have to tell the truth. He was there. I saw him. It pains me to say it. But I have no doubt he killed that woman. Uh oh. Look at that smirk. They're like, let's do it again. Could you make the smirk read a little more? A little smirkier. Okay, to be continued again. We have uh we are going to continue our journey here into the next episode or they might just drop it entirely because that's how the season has been working <clears throat> sometimes but uh i'm excited to see what happens uh but first i'm excited to hear mike's recap of this episode in a uh, in a 12 syllable segment entitled You're still muted. You don't hear the bumper? Huh. Uh-oh. Who doesn't love a little dead air? Dead air! Here on Out of Practice. Uh, Oopsie's definitely going through. Still dead. You hear me? You know, Mike's cough button. He worked hard. He worked hard to get that cough button. But maybe, maybe uh, a little too hard. No. Keith, what Keith doesn't know <clears throat> is that... Huh. No, dead Keith should be able to hear me. We have dead air. No one's talking, and Keith has to fill with this song. What's What's really funny, Keith, is there that is. is just a button got hit. Every Everything was just audible, even me. So it was uh-huh. funny uh, how that all played out. Anyway, <laughs> so 
Alan might be fucked. Mm -hmm. His friend might go to jail. Jimmy gets beat up. Yeah. 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 That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Well, now it is time to throw out some fake awards in a segment we call... Ladies and gentlemen, the Out of Practice Podcast is unofficial. Unsolicited, we had a bunch of Kelly Productions proudly present Oopsie the Oopsies Celebrating Beep, Excellence bop, in boop, Acting bop. Good Lawyering It's there. Good. You just can't hear it for some reason. No, I can hear you. I was just singing oh, okay. the song I liked from before. Not to mention, this is where we rate the episode and stuff. Now, here are your hosts, Keith and Mike. What the hell are the oopsies? It's a good question. Well, Jackie, they are a fake award show that begin every week with the immortal strains of Yeah, yeah, excellent, excellent work. Uh, all right, uh, Michael, who's the MVL for this uh, episode here? Uh, well, Alan Shore, it's not going well. Dude. But I'll tell you who did who earned their stripes today. Mm. Clearly, Tara is needed in the office. They're all asking for her, <clears throat> but she's out. She's out doing the work, and so is Jamie Stringer. Jamie Stringer had to go do all this work. She worked a full day, taking depositions, working with the consultant, running across town. Her hair was askew. She gets back. She's got to pretend to not know Alan's a d bag, and also let them know that he's being a d bag without selling her hand her role in the d baggery. I'm saying Jamie Stringer earned her stripes this week. Yeah, okay. I think that's I think that's good. I'm going to go, and this is predicated. Now, I've seen this episode twice in the last 48 hours, and I still don't remember if it was her who came across the information uh, about the, the woman leaving the murder house at 7, or she just happened to be there when he told him of that. But uh, I'm going to give it for Tara because I, that feels like important information for later. <coughs> so... Uh, Congratulations, Tara and Jamie, for your MVLs. Now it's time for... Already famous because you've been on TV. Getting a paycheck. Watch first entry on your IMDb. Way to go. But you're the best guest actor. You are the best guest <clears throat> actor. You are the best guest actor on the episode. Okay, so McDreamy was great again, mm -hmm. uh, but the problem is, is that he was set up in some like pretty cliche little scenes where it's like, ah, uh, here's a scene where I'm crying about my lady friend who's gone. Oh, here's a scene where I'm sitting in my childhood uh, treehouse and like talking mm -hmm. to my best buddy about where we used to store our pot in the secretive compartments. It was like <clears throat> a little trite. So, Keith, that leaves a Betty White size hole mm. in the category. Uh, and thankfully, Betty White has <clears throat> exploded onto the scene. As Keith mentioned, she's revitalizing her career with Sassy 3.0 mm -hmm. and also really putting the screws to everybody who's within arm's reach and and just enjoying every second of it. Now, the wormhole, the question I have leading into the next episode is, hold on, excuse me. Ooh, Mike making use of that cop button. And... 
my question is this. If you're confessing that you've extorted money or you've been bribed to the DA, mm -hmm. do they not make you give it back in order to, like, or do you not? I guess you've already taken the money, so. Uh... That's a very good question. I would imagine you'd have to give it back, but and then maybe strategically, not. strategically, is did is she doing this because she didn't receive the extra fifty, or is it because she's got even something bigger going on? Like the question becomes, what is the plot line in all of this? Well, uh, I have a theory that I'm not going to posit because I know back in the day I saw this, but I don't remember what happens. So I don't know if my theory is informed by by careful viewing and a good brain noggin or the fact that I saw it 20 years ago and part of me remembers. So, Well, I mean, at this point, the only theory I would post, but postulate would be, postulate would be, <clears throat> my God, I don't know what I'm choking on right now. I don't know. Maybe it's that drive-thru. Oh, maybe, maybe. Uh, it, it could be that... Uh, you know, if she had something to do with this plot, mm -hmm. if she was involved some way, well, then obviously fingering someone else who's the prime suspect would, would help you escape, and mm -hmm. also with all of your hot cash involved. So that's the only way, the only thing I would really, uh, my theory would be. Yeah, well, that would certainly, we're certainly being set up to question that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I mean, which... All of her moves thus far track with that. Yeah. But, so we'll you know, one of those moves is going to have to be to the bookshelf to place her oopsie. Indeed. Okay. You know what it's time for. You killed your podiatrist or blue. What's she going to put on her bookshelf? An empty space full of an award nobody's heard of? Because there's no physical oopsie. Well, Betty, I hope you leave it to one of your children. Uh, mm -hmm. Or uh, just sell it in an estate sale where Keith can buy it at a, a yes. robbery low price. <laughs> um, Inside joke from Star Trek. So I think that, once again, it's got to be, you know, David Spader. Uh, you mean, I, I, uh, what, you're, what you're looking for is Danny Tater. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's so many inside callbacks coming back this week. <laughs> uh, David Spader. Um, uh, Danny Tater. That was good, too. Yeah, he's just <clears throat> he's just excellent, and especially getting this flavor of him with his back against the wall and with kind of the walls, those same walls closing in. is really It was really a treat because this is a Spader you never get, you rarely get to see in any property. He's always one yeah. step ahead. He's always the marionette. Too cool for school. <clears throat> yeah. Not the marionette, the, uh, the puppet master. So... The marionettist. What is they? What is that called when you do marionettes? Puppeteer. Puppeteer. Isn't it like a isn't there a special puppeteer that does marionettes? Anyway, better different po very specific different <laughs> podcast. But David Spader. <laughs> David Spader. David I'm Spader. writing it as David Spader. <laughs> yeah, David Spader. I said it twice. Why not thrice? David Spader gets my Danny Tater Award for excellent achievement in not being on the show. Yeah. Yeah, there it is. A, uh, a marionette's puppeteer is called a marionettist. Okay, there you go. So there you are. 
Yeah, no, I think it's I, I think it's Spader again, um, mainly because he has the only one who's anything to do. But but really, like the vulnerability that we start to see, you know, I, the conflict with Jimmy, while he's still an asshole, showed him just like kind of cracking a little bit. And I think that um, I think that was a really interesting color to add to it. And you know, no surprise, it's called pre-trial blues because I feel like maybe he's got the blues a little bit. Let me tell you who I'd like to see have the blues, but never seems to. The Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. Keith, let me take you to an alternate timeline mm. where the practice decides to, that uh, McDreamy is so good on this show that they're going to spin him off into another cop uh, lawyer drama, right? Mm-hmm. So when, when Grey's Anatomy comes along, McDreamy's not available mm. because he's in his he's on this other show that David E. Kelly had had, had written, and so mm. we get to see in this alternate timeline since Tom Brady just won another Super Bowl, he decides he no longer needs to be a football player. Hang and it thus, up. Yeah, yeah, and thus we get to see Tom Brady as McDreamy in the pilot of Grey's Anatomy. All right, I like it. I like all right, McDreamy Brady. Okay, McFlady, let us. Do our final award. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. You know, since I had to do the better podcast thing earlier, Keith, I think it's only fair that I let you go first this week and into your ranking of the episode, but we can't just do it like we've been doing it. It's we're coming into sweeps week, the final the final mm-hmm. countdown, the final leg of our podcast. Yeah, I know where this so, is headed. You know where it's headed. Keith, yeah. I want your tires. I want the whole monologue as Heinrich von Varney. <laughs> and I want it deadpan and serious. Okay, hold on. I got to take a deep breath. Okay. <clears throat> okay, well, here's the thing. I think this is a very good episode, okay? Um, Because we see... We see Danny Tato. Danny Tato is very, oh, I'm so upset. I don't know what's happening. And terrible things are happening. He's got this client and his wife doesn't like him anymore. He got the priest. The priest been like, oh, I'm making the victim. Oh, look at my steeple. And uh, and then, of course, uh, you, you have Jimmy. And Jimmy's like, oh, I don't want to do it. But, uh, but you know, Danny Tato's like, you have to do it. it it's very good. And there's a lot of shouting. Betty White is there. She's being all weird. And, uh, you know, I don't know who did it, okay? Because there's, uh, there's twists. There's twists and turns everywhere you go. I like it. So um, I think strong ep- episode, maybe not as good as last one because we do not have the acting beats with, uh, you know, with the mom that uh, that Danny Tater, you know, put his Tater into. So um, I think very good setup, very good character beat. I'm interested in what happened next episode. So today, what you get, what you get is... 8.75 tires. Hooray for everyone. 8.75 tires. That's the second best episode of season. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> I like that Henrik von Varney is, uh, he's a happy German, you know? I think that all, all, all too often Germans are stereotyped as like very stern and or emotionally void. And I feel that it's this is a good- It's called compartmentalization, <laughs> Michael. Oh. I put it in the box and forget about it. <laughs> if you'd like to unsubscribe from our Patreon, <laughs> you can do that at patreon.com slash This is Mike's fault. 
I did not invite Henrik to this episode. Well, I and I and I I'm glad he changed his name to Henrik too. Heinrich was just too German. <laughs> so uh, anyway, I agree with him. Good episode, but it does suffer a little bit from middle episode itis, mm-hmm. in that it's got many of the same emotional and more importantly litigious beats as the first episode. The stakes are the same, and they're just more of them longer. Uh, mm-hmm. Wait, wait. I think uh, uh, for all the reasons that you gave, I think it's only fair if you can finish your uh, your tire segment as Obama. Oh well. Uh, I think I don't do an Obama. <laughs> you do. <laughs> um, uh, me and Michelle are very busy with uh, our Netflix show, and uh, but we do make time to uh, check out uh, some uh, Hulu when we can get the <laughs> password from Keith when he uh, is happy to share it. And uh, I like to share my opinions on uh, this week's The Practice. Uh, it was a little bit of a middle episode itis, and I am on. Um, nonplussed, but at the same time, still great performances. Betty White got to flex her muscles a little bit in her acting department. And ultimately, well, hold on, let me bring my good friend Mike uh, back because uh, he's afraid that if he does this any longer, it could potentially be offensive. (laughs) (laughs) That could have gotten much worse. It could have. Uh, I've learned something about myself today. I have a bad Obama. (laughs) (laughs) You do. It could be terrible, but it's just bad. He was inside you all along, Mike. Anyway, uh, for the record, Obama's never been inside me. Um, anyway, yes, Betty White was I very. I think you needed to clarify that. Well, as if, as if the internet, was the wondering. internet is forever. So, yes, uh, yes, it just had a little bit of continuation. But the but the but the interesting part of that is that at the same time, it still maintained its tension and introduced more red herrings. It gave us a lot more questions than answered answers and i'm really i'm really compelled not only with how this all resolves for alan but also for uh the betty white in general like that character and i can't tell where they want us to come down on her because last week i thought she was speaking for the people like up against the bourgeoisie but now she's they're kind of making her a little more villainy so it's it's it'll be interesting to see how it plays out i like what they did with the wife Beat. I thought that was a really great addition to this episode. Uh, but most compelling is Alan breaking down. Alan running out of escape hatches. And it's yeah. really interesting. And and even, I could subtly say, he's run out of escape hatches with his the leniency of both Eleanor and Eugene. Hopefully. So, how will this all shake out? Really compelled, really interesting. But as a standalone episode, there are some plot questions. Uh, the whole thing with Jimmy doesn't, like you said, for all the earned emotional beats, this one doesn't feel earned. I mean, it does for, it does for Jimmy, but it doesn't really for Alan. Never made any sense why he's so aggressive towards him. Uh, no, but it is consistent at least. It is consistent, yeah. Anyway, not to belabor the point. I'm with you. I'm saying I, I, I don't. I think I liked it a little less, eight point one five, but we're still in the eights. I still think it's great, and I think that I think it feels to me that like they're going to stick the landing because if they don't, I'm going to be really disappointed. Because yeah, well, <laughs> fair enough. 
Yeah. Well, all right. Well, next episode is Mr. Shore goes to town. Uh, oh. Going to be uh, that's going a callback. Going to be fun. Yeah. Well, the, the uh, very classic movie. All right. That's not. The Didn't right we do button. Mr. Hanks goes to town as well? Like we've called back to that before. Mr. Hanks is it? Mr. Hanks goes to town. I, well, I think that's a reference to an old Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart movie. Yeah, I'm just saying they're going back to that. Well. Mr. Hanks, hold on. What is that? It's Mr. Yeah, Mr. Hanks goes to town. You're totally right. It's uh oh, Mr. Hanks. Oh, what's what is the? Uh, I don't know. Somebody goes to Washington. Anyway, all right. Well, whatever. Enough. 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 Let's all go home. Thank you for listening to the Out of Practice podcast. Uh, if you would like to reach us, you can find us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Out of Practice Podcast. While you're there, leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other service of your choice. We'll happily read it and welcome you to the jury. Uh, jury's out on whether anybody would be willing to support this nonsense. But if you wanted to, you can go to patreon.com slash kmm. Spell out that and and uh, get a lot of bonus content because after all this, Lord knows what you want is more of this. Uh, but, uh, you know, you, you can. We got bonus content. You can also check out our Deep Space Nine show, our Star Trek toys show, and lots of other cool stuff upcoming, Michael. You can also check out Pete's OnlyFans if you want to see his steeple. Uh... No, I didn't, I didn't have a follow-up for that, so just take it for what it's worth, Internet. Yes, go to nofans.com. <laughs> As Keith mentioned, check out our other shows. Have a great Memorial Day. We would like to send out our uh, love, thoughts, and prayers to all of those who fought for our country nobly and for all of those who do so currently. From Keith and Mike, Laser Sounds. Laser Sounds. <laughs>